Welcome to RBC's Markets in Motion podcast, recorded August 24th, 2022. I'm Lori Calvacina, Head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclaimers. Today in the podcast, our takeaways from our review of the 2Q22 stock-level holdings of more than 300 hedge funds based on the 13 Fs that were just released. Three big things you need to know. First, the performance of the most popular S&P 500 stocks and hedge funds has started to weaken after initially showing some signs of stabilization late in the second quarter. This is a potentially negative signal for the broader market in the very near term. Second, hedge funds began the third quarter with overweights to cyclicals and commodities that were at post-great financial crisis highs, overweights to defensives that were below peak, and underweights in secular growth something that tells us that the longer-term opportunity in the market remains in the growth trade. And third, the performance of the most popular Russell 2000 stocks and hedge funds has started to stabilize, an admittedly conflicting but positive signal for stocks. If you'd like to hear more, here's another five minutes. While you're waiting, a quick reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and other platforms. Now the details. Takeaway number one, the performance of popular hedge fund stocks has been weakening again within large cap. We've been keeping a close eye on the performance of our hedge fund hot dog screen, which captures the most popular stocks owned by more than 300 major hedge funds at the end of 2Q. In terms of the dollar amount owned, this is a screen based specifically on the S&P 500. In late 2018, the performance of this list relative to the S&P bottomed out about a month before the S&P did. In late May and June of 2022, some outperformance of this basket started to emerge again, making us optimistic that the mid-June low in the S&P may end up being the bottom in the current cycle. The weakness of this basket so far in 3Q, when just 25% of the names have outperformed the market, is something we are keeping a close eye on as it may be signaling that stocks generally are poised to experience another bout of volatility in coming months. Performance trends are also starting to weaken again for another basket of popular hedge fund holdings, the hotels, which captures the most popular S&P 500 stocks and hedge funds in terms of the market cap owned by hedge funds. It's worth noting that most of the hot dogs saw hedge fund ownership fall in 2Q. Additionally, our rocket screen, S&P 500 names which saw the biggest increases in hedge fund ownership during 2Q, has been mostly underperforming so far in the third quarter. Trends in our submarine screen, S&P 500 names which saw the biggest declines in hedge fund ownership during the second quarter, have been much better with more than half of the names on that list outperforming so far in 3Q. A number of bellwether internet and semis appeared on this latest iteration of the submarines. Unfortunately, the sellers were not able to capture recent submarines outperformance, something that we speaks to the frustration of many hedge fund investors recently amid the market rally. Moving on to takeaway number two. Hedge funds began the third quarter at post-financial crisis high overweights to commodities and cyclicals, below peak overweights to defensives, and underweights in secular growth. Zooming out and looking at bigger picture sector allocations, one thing that jumped out at us this time around was that generally speaking, hedge funds began the third quarter at post-financial crisis highs in terms of their overweights to cyclical and commodity sectors, which are a key component of the value trade. They also had overweights that remained below peak to defensives and underweights to secular growth-oriented sectors as a whole. This all tells us that the longer-term opportunity in terms of positioning does remain in the growth part of the market, even if it's set to experience some volatility in the short term. 
Digging down a level deeper to sectors, on the cyclical commodity side, the improvement in positioning that we saw was driven by increased overweights to industrials, narrowing underweights to financials, flat positioning in energy, which is essentially neutral or in line with the Russell 3000, and it all offset a sharp decline in overweights to materials that we saw during the quarter. On the defensive side, consumer staples underweights continued to narrow in 2Q and ended the quarter remaining near mid-2016 highs, which in our opinion is a continued sign of crowding and risk which supports our own underweight stance on the sector. Healthcare overweight, meanwhile, were little change from the prior quarter and remain a little below peak. There was little change in utilities underweight stance. On the secular growth side, the communication services and consumer discretionary sector positioning didn't change much, with the former essentially at neutral versus benchmark and the latter slightly overweight, but near financial crisis, post-financial crisis lows. Meanwhile, tech underweights did remain deep. Digging down even another level deeper down to industries, a few groups jumped out. Biotech stocks remained heavily overweighted in hedge funds, but the overweight was below past highs. Frankly, there was no clear signal to me on this data in terms of forward performance, but it is a really interesting chart. Meanwhile, software and IT services overweight within the tech sector has dropped sharply and ended 2Q nearly market weight again, and actually very, very close to levels where positioning has marked its low. We see this as a constructive signal for that industry. Software and IT services positioning doesn't usually get much worse than that. Elsewhere within tech, semis underweights remained deep at the end of 2Q, but did narrow. We see that as a constructive signal for this bellwether group. We also saw similar trends in interactive media within the communication services sector and internet retail. Bottom line for all of these TIMT bellwether groups, the positioning is making these groups look really, really intriguing right now. Elsewhere within consumer discretionary, which is where internet retail resides, the household durable industry did remain a slight overweight, but at the low end of its range as 2Q came to an end. That was another constructive signal for a beaten down group, and it's worth noting that the household durables group is largely made up of home builders. Within consumer staples, beverages positioning appears to have peaked, while food and staples retail positioning began the quarter, began the third quarter at peak levels. Meanwhile, food products positioning made a rare pivot into overweight territory during the second quarter. All of those signals are negative in my mind for a sector that overall looks pretty crowded, though it's admittedly true that food positioning probably hasn't peaked quite yet. Within financials, the underweight in banks narrowed significantly, but isn't back to 2010-2011 levels when a slight overweight was briefly in place. While we continue to like financials and banks, particularly in the small cap segment, what we're seeing in terms of banks' hedge fund positioning is admittedly causing us to keep a close eye on that call and makes us think of it as a trade that will be of relatively short duration. I'll wrap up with takeaway number three. The performance of popular small cap stocks and hedge funds has stabilized. Unlike what we're seeing in their S&P 500 counterparts, the performance of the most popular Russell 2000 stocks and hedge funds has continued to show signs of stabilization in recent trading. This is yet more evidence of a theme that started to run through a lot of our research lately, which is that things look really interesting or good to us in small cap, even though the outlook for large cap or the S&P 500 feels somewhat murkier. It's worth noting that our hedge fund puppies list, which captures the most popular Russell 2000 stocks and hedge funds in terms of dollar value owned, did have a decent number of takeouts on the list this time around. We don't screen these out in our process as a matter of routine. 
But among the current names on the list, nearly half are outperforming in the third quarter so far, and nearly three quarters are outperforming for the year. Meanwhile, our hedge fund motels list, which captures the most popular Russell 2000 hedge fund stocks in terms of the percent of market cap owned by hedge funds, doesn't have the same kind of exposure to takeouts. It's faring even better right now with nearly two-thirds outperforming for 3Q so far and more than half outperforming for the year. This may be little comfort to hedge fund investors, however, since it speaks to the idea that low quality has led coming off the June lows. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check out our sister podcast, RBC's Industries in Motion, with thoughts on specific sectors from RBC's team of equity analysts. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives. Thank you.